Good morning, and we welcome once again to the program State Senator Gene Lysing. And good morning to you, Senator. Good morning. And, of course, the uh, legislative session ending early uh, yesterday was the uh, constitutional deadline for it to end. But, however, uh, lawmakers in Indianapolis, uh, yourself included, uh, got things wrapped up early, and uh, that came uh, last week. But uh, can you give us kind of the, uh, the highlights as far as uh, some of the bills that uh, you champion and uh, where they stand right now? Right. Okay. Well, I would tell you that um, my bills really did, for the most part, keep moving. Um, I think that probably uh, four of them have already been signed by the governor, and one more is on his desk, and two others are included in uh, similar bills. So... Overall, a pretty good, uh, pretty good uh, outcome, I guess. But the primary ones, I guess, quickly would be that um, the uh, FAFSA application bill. Now, uh, it it was amended from the original that I filed, but it actually well will uh, require high schools to share information and notices that are prepared by the Commission for Higher Education about the fact that the free application for federal student aid, known as a FAFSA, uh, with all high school seniors. Because what we've found is that Indiana has a real low participation rate in the FAFSA completion, which means that last year, $65 million in Pell Grants was left on the table because for Indiana that Indiana students and their parents didn't apply for. So I, that, and Pell Grants generally go to kids who might not be able to afford going to college, period. But the other thing uh, is that many of our scholarships that are available to kids are actually uh, uh, available only if FAFSA is completed as well as the Workforce Ready Grant Program, which is not the four-year college, but more of the certificate-type programs. So anyway, I was real pleased about that one. I think it's going to help a lot of kids and their families so that they can go on to higher ed if they choose, but also so that they don't end up with a lot of student loans. Uh, Another one that I think um, is really important and has been, uh, let me see, also signed, actually, uh, is schools now um, will be able or will be required uh, to, at their school board meetings, to have a, some time for public comment before they vote on any major issues. And I think this is a, an important one because in some areas, not in ours, but in some areas of the state, parents really felt shut out on uh, from school boards because they were no longer allowed to speak up. Um, And then uh, the one that I guess uh, has gotten a lot of attention actually has to do with the count on um, suicide and overdose deaths by county that the Department of Health will be required to report annually so that we can see um, what is going on in each individual county. Because one of the things that we realize is that a lot of our Rural counties have had uh, a spike in both suicides and overdose deaths, and this is going to also provide information 
on the type of substance used in an overdose death or uh, the type of suicide. So it will give us give everybody more information so that hopefully mental health dollars, uh, which also includes drug addiction dollars, can be focused on where they're needed most. Um, also, we have uh, a drainage task force bill that will require um, our state to have a, a task force this summer to look at over 400 pages of rules and regulations developed by our Department of Natural Resources, which for some reason seems excessive compared to all of our neighboring states. And so I'm hoping that this will allow people when they have, for instance, uh, flood damage caused by overflowing creeks, etc., to be able to clean up uh, more freely without getting a uh, government permit. So we'll see um, how that works out. And then both the seed bill that Purdue wanted and the Board of Animal Health bill that they wanted both actually have also passed. And uh, some language that I really had in a separate bill, but it went into a um, another bill uh, because of just the time element, uh, and that is that uh, when parents go for their uh, children's or students' teacher conferences, they will now um, review with them the last standardized test results because some of these results that have been provided are very difficult to understand, and we're not sure that even though the state is spending a lot of your tax dollars on standardized tests, we're not sure if they're properly reviewed. So um, I'm excited about that one moving. And then the uh, other one has to do with um, numbers of acres of farm ground being uh, used for solar and wind in our state. And that is going to, the bill itself didn't pass, but it will be um, part of the annual Indiana Utility Regulatory Commission uh, report that they do to the legislature. So that'll give us a handle on that because there are some people uh, worried particularly about that bill. Um, There were actually, though, an interesting statistic, but total bills passed by the legislature um, this year was only 21% of the introduced bills, or a total of 177, and uh, 95 of those were Senate bills 82 were House bills, and 92% of the bills that passed received bipartisan support. And I think this is a significant thing because, truthfully, uh, you know, I don't think that happens in Washington, D.C., but in Indianapolis, we still do try to work together. Sometimes it doesn't go as well as we hope, but the fact that 92% of the bills that passed had bipartisan support is a, is a pretty big deal. And uh, 59% of the bills that passed actually had unanimous support. Uh, one of the bills that, that probably I haven't given much attention to because we didn't pass it until the very last night uh, was House Bill 1002, which is dealing with uh, some, I'm going to say, minimal tax cuts um, because we do have currently 
a $5 billion surplus. Normally that is around $2 billion, um, but the reality is there's a lot of federal money that, that uh, pumps that surplus up, is what I'm going to say. And so we have to make sure that we don't, uh, right now, act to make too many tax cuts that cause us next year to all of a sudden not have a reserve. So uh, everybody's going to get, uh, it's a taxpayer, uh, will get $125 credit on their tax with when they pay their taxes this year. Uh, but in addition to that, there's something called the utility receipts tax that we all pay uh, for our, when we pay utility bills. That is going to disappear completely. And that is supposed to be a total savings in the state of $213 million. Um, so that's a, one that everybody should probably notice a little if they really look at their utility bills. And then they, there's going to be a slow progressive decrease in our income tax. It's currently at 3.2%, but it will eventually drop to 2.9%. And I say that eventually because it stays out down over seven years, which sounds like a long time. Um, but when you calculate that, it's millions of dollars. So uh, hopefully that will, um, again, be noticed by some folks. And then um, probably the other thing that people are going to say, why do they need to do this? But um, the teacher retirement fund had a huge unfunded liability, and a lot of states have had this issue. Uh, but then uh, we did change the law so that that liability couldn't continue to increase. But now we are in the process uh, with this extra money that I believe it's $2.5 billion, it, it sounds like a lot of money, will go toward reducing that unfunded liability. And, and that is, um, in fact, a pretty big deal. Um, the... Other bill that I know I've had a lot of constituents ask about vaccine mandates and uh, mass mandates. And the only vaccine mandate that's still out there is actually the federal CMS mandate uh, that requires healthcare workers to have vaccine. But the state has no vaccine mandates. Now, an individual employer can require vaccine, uh, but that's uh, the choice of the individual employer. And uh, the other thing is, is that by uh, the governor finally has re uh, eliminated his state of emergency in regard to COVID. And in order for him to really feel comfortable in doing that, we had to make sure that the legislature passed a, a couple things in statute, and one is that we would continue the food stamp or SNAP benefits um, in, with the extra uh, amount, and as long as the federal government was uh, providing that those funds, and that I think will end now in April. So people that are on SNAP need to understand that 
come May, they I believe it's about on an average about a ninety-five dollar uh, bump up that they had been receiving that they won't receive. But I think the feeling is that there are so many jobs available that hopefully we'll have fewer people uh, applying and qualifying for uh, SNAP benefits. And then uh, the other thing that it does, it, it helps with some Medicaid dollars from the federal government that will continue to be able to be uh, pulled down by the state. Um, and so that was an important thing for the governor before he re- released the mandate. And then also the, the um, relaxation of who could actually do uh, COVID vaccine and testing in regard to locations. Um, that is also in that bill. So um, the other one that I've had a lot of uh, con- comments on is the gun bill, okay? And I'll call it the gun bill because it goes by about three different names. Uh, the permitless carry bill is what the state of Indiana prefers it to be called. But in some states, they call it the constitutional carry. Uh, some states call it the concealed carry. But what it really means is that a person um, that qualifies to own a gun will not have to have a permit to carry it in the state of Indiana. Uh, but I think one thing that's been really confusing for people is that they still will have to, in order to purchase a gun, they will have to be considered a person that's lawful in carrying a gun. And there are people that are, um, are not allowed to carry a gun and and this will still require they have to have a background check to purchase a gun and a person will not be able to purchase a gun if they've been convicted of a federal or state offense and uh, that requires a one year in prison if they're a fugitive an alien if they've been convicted of domestic violence domestic battery or criminal stalking uh, if they're subject to an order of protection, if they're under indictment, um, if they've been ever committed to a mental institution involuntarily, um, if they've been dishonorably discharged from military service, um, if it's somebody who has renounced their citizenship, uh, if they're a person age 22 or younger who previously committed a juvenile delinquent act that falls under the definition of a serious violent felony, and then a minor, except in certain circumstances already listed in Indiana law, um, which would have to do maybe with hunting on their own property uh, with their parental permission. So this bill has gotten a lot of attention because I think people were fearful that uh, illegal people would be carrying guns, but they're still, in order to purchase a gun, going to have to qualify for a gun permit to purchase, but then they will be able to carry without having an additional permit. Those people, though, that are going to carry a gun out of state will have to still uh, secure a lifetime permit, and I think that's important, too, uh, so that people don't end up thinking, well, if we're going to Ohio, we don't have to have a permit. 
that they will have to. Now, interestingly enough, Ohio, I think, has just also passed their permitless carry bill, and I believe Indiana is either now the 22nd or 23rd state to have this type of of, uh, bill. We're going to go ahead and uh, take a quick time out, and we'll continue our conversation with State Senator Gene Lysing right after this. Don't adjust your radio. The sound that you hear is your stomach. You're having trouble focusing. You can't recall your last meal. You're trapped in the hunger zone. The solution, Batesville to go. Let to go deliver a hot, fresh meal to your home or office whenever hunger strikes. To go delivers the best food from local restaurants. Visit us online at togodelivers.com or call us at 812-727-8800. Batesville to go. Big city convenience, small town taste. And welcome back as we continue our visit with State Senator Gene Lysing as we have a a recap of the 2022 Indiana Legislative Session. And uh, some other things, uh, real quickly, uh, Senator, uh, some uh, significant uh, moves that you saw uh, come out of uh, both chambers and uh, possibly onto the governor for his signature. Well, I think election security is important, too. I think people that, um, you know, are worried about fraudulent elections. I mean, I think that the national issues this in the 20 election have made a lot more people concerned about election integrity. And so um, one of the things that has happened in a bill uh, is that all electronic voting machines will have to offer uh, a paper, a trail, uh, by the 2024 election. So I think that is certainly a good security feature. And then those people that are requesting a mail-in ballot and they apply over the Internet, they're going to have to uh, meet some voter ID requirements. And um, I think that that's also an important thing because there was a lot of concern about potential mail-in ballots and not not maybe being as uh, secure as they should be, although our Secretary of State felt that in Indiana we did not have a problem, which is a good thing. But this will even maybe tighten it a little more without infringing on anybody's ability to vote because we want people to be able to vote. And I I think that um, certainly uh, is an important um, important thing. Um, the, the other bill that got uh, a lot of attention, maybe more so in Indianapolis than here, is the bill that now protects girls' high school sports. Well, really, it's K-12 sports, uh, but not college. And what it does, it says that uh, there are, it defines the fact that there's all girls' teams, all boys' teams, and mixed teams. On a girls, all-girls team, a biological male will not be able to participate if it is an all-girls team. And now this has become an issue, as probably some of your listeners know, because of the whole issue of, of transgender individuals. And again, it's an issue that got a lot of national attention because of like people breaking records who technically were doing far better in a sport than the biological females, but yet they were in that group. So 
we don't think in Indiana that it's been a huge problem. There's only been a few cited cases, but this hopefully will make sure that an all-girls sports is, in fact, um, protected for um, biological females to uh, not only participate but to excel. I think a lot of people were worried that um, some of our high school girls potentially uh, that would have been able to excel and go on to college in a sport might have been kept from getting a scholarship or whatever. So so hopefully um, it, it all works out. Um, then um, I would say uh, there were there's uh, there is some language in regard to uh, the Indiana Economic Development Corporation's ability to use tax incentives to attract jobs and investments to Indiana, and um, they're going to. Some people like this bill more than others. I had some concerns about it, but it has to do with um, trying to secure the very large companies um, that are getting huge incentives from some states. And so this would allow a state-designed, what they call TIF district in a sense, rather than a county one. And uh, I think the verdict is still out on how much this will help, but some people in Indiana felt that uh, we've missed some really big job opportunities uh, because we didn't have a big enough incentive package. Um, I'm not a huge fan of incentive packages if you have all the other things that you need uh, in place in the state, but um, I, I know how important having good jobs in our areas. So that bill did pass uh, also on the uh, the last night of, of the session. So there, you know, we talked a lot about all the different things that have actually passed. I, I know that there's other things that are probably on people's minds, but I would just tell them that, you know, if they have any questions at all, they shouldn't hesitate to call the state house. And I do have a legislative assistant that answers the phone or takes messages when we're not in session. And they could call 1-800-382-9467. That's 1-800-382-9467. And uh, ask for Senator Lysing's legislative assistant. And then uh, I would get you know, the message. So I think, you know, one other thing I'm going to add here at the end is there were several bills that our teachers were concerned about. None of those bills that had the serious concern of the teachers uh, passed the legislature. Uh, and so I, I think that overall that's probably a good thing because we had too many folks that were really uh, concerned that it was going to discourage teachers, encourage their early retirement, and all of that. So, and, and part of this had to do with uh, lesson plan scrutiny. And what I'm hopeful for is that our school boards will pay attention to what's being taught in their schools. 
and control it at each local level because that, to me, makes more sense than us trying to control what goes on across the entire state and 92 counties. All right. And, uh, Senator Lysing, we sure appreciate your uh, time uh, during the uh, session when it was um, when it was going on uh, for joining us and uh, also this morning. And uh, uh, so we, we appreciate the updates that we received every other week, and uh, we look forward to uh, doing it again uh, next year during the long session. Right. And, you know, Tom, if there is anything, uh, there will be interim committees uh, this summer and fall, and I know – uh, already that I will be serving on the Utilities Task Force, which will be discussing a lot of important issues in regard to uh, dependability and reliability of our electric um, in our state, of the electrical grid in our state. And so if uh, there's anything profound going on in that, I will give you a call uh, that I think people ought to know about. Okay. All right. Sounds good. Well, once again, uh, thank you for joining us this morning, and uh, we look forward to uh, talking to you more down the road, Senator. Absolutely. All right. Thank you, Tom, for having us.